0: Hey! Hey! Hey, it's Cinema Gush! We're back! Oh my god, uh, where are oh, we? Somebody's somebody seems talking in here! What's... Oh, my Alexa's talking! Shut oh up, Alexa! Whoa. I'm her. It's a... Ah! Uh, it's, uh, it's a special Cinema Gush podcast coming to your ears this black Are we going to whisper
1: ASMR for the rest of this episode? Oh! I feel in your ears. I never have and never will. <laughs> Oh, some people just love that, though. I, I don't get it. Well, but, well I, I don't get I that, it. but you know I, what? I, I do love the whole, uh, like, the study rooms, like the Hogwarts study rooms. Like, those are amazing. You ever listen to those? No. Okay, so there's, like, a couple... It's something world. I'll post it in the show notes, but it was, like, um, a Hogwarts library when it's uh, snowing and it's just about Christmas season and it's just like they'll have like some Harry Potter music or when it's like Dumbledore's oh, that's, office that's chill
0: music yeah I dig that that's great I love all the singing. sounds and the fire crackling yeah, love, and it's all nice look I love sound effects I wish somebody clicking their fingernails on a microphone would send me to happy zone but I don't <laughs> get it yeah so I don't yeah, get I'm it I'm glad it seems to be people who do like it seem to really enjoy it but yeah yeah if it, if if you it makes you my happy if more often I will yeah, there you go <laughs> Uh, Well, anyways, we're back for just a a Thanksgiving. How you doing? Now, we're recording this like two weeks early, so any number of things will change. Like, I'm in the middle of some TV shows we're going to talk about, which will have several more episodes out that I won't know what has happened. But uh, you can deal with that.
1: We can deal. And that's the thing Mm -hmm. is, I've I've had, there's a certain thing going on in this house that has been uh, taking up pretty much uh, my entire life for the last couple of months. He's a busy man,
0: people. He's a busy man.
1: Won't go into it, but uh, suffice it to say, the writing's going well. I turned in a first draft of a spec that I got some really amazing notes on. I'm working on a great second draft right now, and uh, I say this for every script, I got a really good feeling about this one, uh, and it's looking like the book, the first book in my John Little series, will release in February. Is how it's looking right now. So, nice. knock on wood for nice. that. Um, pretty pumped. Yeah, you
0: should. Dude, this guy writes constantly. I've always been jealous of his uh, endurance because writing is. I, I I would love to love writing, but it's so much work. How do you mm. write that much?
1: I you really just appreciate George R. R. Martin like as time goes on because I'm outlining the fourth book right now, and uh, I'm like I get it, George, I get it, I get mm. it. Like he even did he did an update like a couple weeks ago where somebody asked about Winds of Winter and. He said he's about three-fourths of the way done. He's like yep. He had some chapters that he wrote, and then he went back and like deleted a bunch. He's like, I just didn't like it. I was like, oh, man, I get it. I kind of get it. But I just, it's it's a dream. It's a dream to be paid to write. It's a dream to that someday I have to achieve the ringing of the bell. I, well, never
0: mind. I mean, it's bound to happen. I'm I'm excited about your book. That'll be fun. Yeah, yeah man.
1: Mm-hmm. What about you? What have you been up to lately? Oh well
0: well. A well wolf?
1: That's a mystery science leader three thousand reference.
0: I have watched a lot of movies. So many that I'm bound to forget many of the ones I wanted to tell you about. Well this will be good
1: because when I'm gushing you can be researching, but what? Where do we even while while I'm ranting, I'm sure you'll be typing and the ones that you forgot or searching. Oh, no, I, I,
0: I've, I've kept a notepad, and then I oh, lost good. track at some point. Yeah, and no, I've, I've got it written down. I've watched a lot of stuff. That's kind of what we're doing here. We're just catching up. Yeah, we're just catching watching. up.
1: There's been a... I uh, haven't, haven't been to the theater since Top Gun 2, but then I was in the theater of the Delta Airlines, and I got to see quite a bit of stuff, so... Yeah. I mean, I gotta start with everything. Everywhere. All at the oh, same goodness. time. Oh, that's it. Yes. <laughs> um, probably, probably the number one film of the year. Uh, yep. it's not even, actually it is super close <laughs> and I will have to, the other movie I'll talk about in a second. Uh, I need to rewatch both to really, to really see how I feel. But, um, both this one,
0: four films, if I recall.
1: And, man, I, their model – I know there's a video essay about this. If I can find it, I will put it in the show notes. But whatever they're doing, like they're just – they do it so well. I know. And I think it's just they just trust. I don't know if it's anything else. I think else. that's it. Because they definitely – they've had some flops. It wasn't goat them or something or lamb. Uh,
0: lamb was them. But, you know, so – I mean, you call it a flop because, but when an indie movie doesn't make a ton of money, is that a flop? I mean, I, I just love meant like people.
1: Well, I just meant people maybe didn't like it. I think they've made some stuff that didn't go over well, but like I, Hereditary I, is
0: them. I think. Um, I think a lot of people like Lamb. A lot of here's the thing: a twenty-four movies could be divisive if for your average casual moviegoer. Yes. They're often very intense. They're, they're difficult. Yeah. They're, yeah, they, they don't hold your hand, but man. There's some creativity coming out of that, that production company, unlike anywhere else in Hollywood.
1: And that's the thing that I kept coming back to, is the more A24 stuff I see, the more I'm like, okay, like I'm, I think I'm on this train. I'm at least on the caboose for everything that they do. And mm-hmm. specifically for this film, I first heard of The Daniels when screenwriter mm-hmm. Brian Duffield posted on his Twitter account um, that they had directed this music video called Turn Down for What? by DJ Snake featuring Lil Jon. And... Uh, it's got over a billion views on youtube uh it is not safe for children because (laughs) body parts are extremely active in it um but i was thinking about this today i saw a music video for a song i highly recommend which i'll post in the show notes which is uh the band camino the song is one last cigarette and it's just like this fun poppy alternative rock song and i I just can't stop listening to it'll it probably be in my top five before the year's over um but the Venus video doesn't have a ton of views, and I'm like, what is the difference between this and something the Daniels do? Is it Was it just the fact that Little John was on it and he was in the whole, yeah, yeah, phase and everybody loved him? <laughs> no. It was because these guys know how to do stuff on screen that you absolutely cannot possibly look away from. Yeah, it's, um, it's
0: mesmerizing. The closest you, thing I... Go ahead. Did, did you see Swiss Army Man?
1: I have not seen Swiss Army Man, no, but I recently saw oh, their short true. pockets, and that one was... Also nuts, where, like, a guy, a guy like, would put his hand in his pocket, and it would pop out of somebody else's pants pocket, and he could, like, they would <laughs> fought that way. And I was like... That's uh, great. Where do you think these things? And, and everybody says drugs. And I'm like, well, to be fair, the guy who did Brazil and um, the Dr. Parson, movie I can't think of right now, um, Imaginarium, is that right? No. It's, um... Oh. Who's the guy that does Brazil Dog on it? It's one of the
0: um, yeah, Monty uh, Python
1: guys. He's yeah. never taken a drug... He's, Graham something? He's never taken a drug in his life. I think the same could be true for the Daniels. I don't know, of course. But these guys just have this knack for special effects and for brainstorming and for really just throwing everything on the screen. Like There is a moment in this movie where people have hot dog fingers. Terry, thinking, Gilliam. You know, Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam. Thank you. Terry on. Gilliam. Thank you. Yes. Um, and, and you're like, oh, okay, that's, that's an idea I've probably seen a couple of times before. And then they make it wonderful and, a, and sure. a charming. And then, they, I mean, we could talk about The Two Rocks
0: forever. Okay, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> about eight months ago, I told you that one of my favorite moments in a movie theater of all time was in that movie. <laughs> was it The and Two Rocks? That's the moment. Because oh. that moment in a theater, we were in a packed theater at this Lindy house, so it doesn't get packed very often, but it was packed, and that moment in a movie theater is taunting the audience, because this movie has so much going on, and there's a lot of sound, and a lot of like <laughs> stimuli overload, and then these, the spoilers, but it cuts out all the sound, and you just hear a little breeze of the wind as two rocks have a conversation via text that is appearing on the screen. And the text is hilarious, but there's no sound, so the audience is trying not to laugh because they don't want to be the only one making sound in the room, which then makes them stifle the laugh, which makes us laugh more. It was like this, it just kept building, whereas we we were trying not to be the only one laughing really loudly at this silent moment, and then that made us laugh more, which made us laugh more. The biggest (laughs) laugh of the night was those two rocks talking silently in the wind.
1: Yeah, um, it was I, magical, and it, and it was one of the more dramatic moments too. And it ended up being like a really beautiful moment towards yeah. the end. And that I was just, I mean, I will say my favorite thing in this whole movie is probably Rack-a-cuni, Um oh, which Rack-a-cuni. I could, I w- I would think would be like the greatest Halloween costume if I could pull it off. Um, which was but, just like a, a mispronunciation of Ratatouille that they got to go with, and it, they just ran with it. And then she oh, runs with him on top and all that stuff. Oh, so my gosh. So
0: many here, I laughed and I cried, but never has that been more true of a movie than this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was laughing and crying at the same time. And, yeah. And, like, deeply, like, from my core.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, t- it touches on something so incredibly mm-hmm. human. And, like, I've seen two multiverse movies now this year, and I've read uh, one multiverse book, uh, Recursion, by Blake Crouch. And so... The more and I heard Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about it yesterday, uh I hate the multiverse. I sure as hell hope it's not real because it's too horrifying in my mind. I can't nightmare I can't think feel. of what's
0: that? It's nightmare fuel. Yeah, just like that there would be a, so
1: many possibilities that like ever like there's an exact per, replica of you who is and when one moment is is nice somebody another kills them or does something horrible and then like every other one you're like dying and like I just I I can't fathom it cuz it's too horrible for me but this movie made it much easier to digest and much more enjoyable
0: well, but I think the point of it is because it it takes its character so seriously while mm-hmm. not taking its concept too seriously yeah i mean the hot dog i mean science nerd none of the evolutionary courses of of, of multiverse would allow for hot dog fingers. It just doesn't make any sense. Or there's so many things that I'm like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. And I tell shut up, brain. That's not the point.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, even like they showed the, what, the 2001 Space Odyssey parody with the hot dog yeah. fingers and the and the apes, like, they went that far to do it. And I feel like any time I would ever have a scene like that in a script, like, it would just be cut immediately. But this is, again, A24, and they just trust whatever these guys wanted to do. Right. And they, they literally, I feel like this was... I can't think of a movie that has had this much creator control. I mean, when they were flashing like every single possibility of her life, like one frame at a time, and every single one of them is unique and different. I'm like, I couldn't. I I was like, when will this sequence end? This is like at least two thousand frames. Like, how is this going still?
0: It was incredible! It was, absolutely. It's a work of sheer brilliance. I saw it in theaters with some friends, and I came home, and as soon as it was released, I watched it with Lauren, and I enjoyed it all over again.
1: Yeah, I want, like, I'm waiting for what I hope to be is a a really solid Criterion collection version of it, which, Mm. by the way, quick plug, uh, Barnes & Noble, Criterion, buy one, get one 50% off, it goes on until the 28th. Ooh, that's good to know. Yeah. Uh, So, this movie was excellent beyond excellent. The... The thing that I came back to at one point was I kept thinking, like, okay, who could I tie this to? Like, if, if I was to pitch these guys to somebody else, it's like there's a scene towards the end when the mom and daughter are talking towards the car, and it's a really emotional moment. And the camera angles, I was like, Spike Jones. Immediately, Ooh, I was like, this sure, is Spike yeah. Jones. This is her, where the wild things are, adaptation, uh, being John Malkovich. Like, I could, like, it was Ooh. the same shots. And I was like, okay, yes, I can see Spike Jones and, like, Charlie Kaufman being a part of this. Like, this is awesome and excellent. And, I can't recommend it enough. It was, yeah, again, probably, probably, I'm like fifty percent sure gonna be my favorite movie <laughs> of the year.
0: Yeah, I, I can't think of anything that's gonna top it for me. Now, I haven't seen what you're the the other one that you're wrestling. And, with. and that's the thing okay, is, it's, it's
1: I'm it. wrestling with Marcel the Shell with shoes yeah. on, which is a you've seen it's, there's shorts of this on YouTube, and uh, I. Th- don't think it's an A24 movie. Maybe it is. It Maybe is. it is. I'm it is. Sure it is. Um, and the movie is documentary style, where this guy is staying in an Airbnb and he discovers this walking, talking shell, Marcel, who has shoes on and like one eyeball, and it's stop motion fun. And Marcel lives with her grandma, and uh, it's just this incredibly delightful. Like, I wonder what it's. I gotta check this. Out. What is it rated? Because I feel like it's. I feel like it could be G. Mm. It,
0: and it is A24.
1: It is. Uh, it's rated PG. Okay, that makes sense. There's like a couple of things where you're like, hmm, I don't know. But um, I believe this is another first-time writer-director, uh, Dean Fleischer-Camp. Um, and he is married to Jenny Slate, was married to Jenny Slate, and now he's not. Okay, that's interesting. That makes it so much more interesting because Jenny Slate, who, by the way, was also in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once... Uh, with her poodle nunchucks, um, oh. plays Marcel the Shell in this with I think just a little bit of a sped up voice. Sure. So uh, and that it, I I mean, I think I I mean really I think you're set to watch this with the kids. It was so good. No, it's good. It, that's the plan. I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah. just I'm gonna. so it's 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 a t- it's a tough choice. It's just a beautiful little documentary about this guy who stays in an airbnb and discovers marcel and uh, her grandma and just decides to make a documentary about their life and just you know starts uploading it to youtube and then marcel starts going viral and uh things just kind of start to change the implication
0: that the youtube videos that we have are him uploading
1: i want to say yes (laughs) that makes perfect sense in my head now uh so yeah so i i i highly highly recommend that one to everybody i mean i would i would make my parents watch it it was quite Great. quite good so that was that was another delight that i saw on the plane um another one i will definitely pick up a physical copy of
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: so uh but that's my first two what, what about you what have you seen
0: so i'm gonna blast through some old ones that i just caught up on i'll Ooh. go through quick um some of these i've mentioned to you in passing but for anyone who's listening so i've been catching up on films i missed so, I listened do a podcast where somebody was explaining that Who Framed Roger Rabbit is basically just Chinatown with cartoon characters. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. So, I watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit for the first time, followed up by Chinatown for the first time. Whoa! And, it was, and they're absolutely right, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is exactly Chinatown with cartoon characters. It's like 100%. <laughs> in fact, there are references in Who Framed Roger Rabbit to Chinatown that it makes it very clear that they knew what they were doing. Um... I enjoyed both. greatly. I struggled mighty hard with Chinatown because it's always the ethics of separating creator from their work, and mm-hmm. you know the director is awful. Uh, do but, you, you know, do you
1: see it as being one of those top, like I think it's usually that is a top three of all time film. Do you, would you would you see that?
0: I I I don't know if I'd put it there, but I mm-hmm. couldn't accuse anybody of being foolish for doing so. Mm-hmm. It's 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 clearly. It's, Chinatown's incredible. It's incredible, and, you know, Rowan Plansky aside, <laughs> hey okay, Rowan Plansky and, um, crap, main character, Jake. Jack Nicholson? Jack Nicholson, thank you. The golfer? Wow. <laughs> They're awful people, although Roman Plansky's got him beat. Um, yep, uh,
1: <clears throat> by a long shot.
0: Yeah. But and, either way,
1: a classic
0: piece of cinema, a class- for sure. And here, this is the logic I used, as it came out before Accusations Against Him came out, so I justified that as watching it. I can't watch any new... We've had this conversation with... Um, uh, with Professor? Midnight in Paris. And, oh. Uh, uh, I can't think of names tonight. <laughs> like, who do we gush about that with, or no, we... who's the director of Midnight in Paris? Oh, Woody Allen. Oh. Woody Allen. Thank you, yeah. yeah. Anyways... It was incredible. Watch it at your leisure. I had never seen Austin Powers. I watched that. You I saw Austin Powers for the first time. Oh, saw Austin Powers for the first time. How did you feel? I laughed hard multiple times, and yet at the same time didn't feel like it ever came together. Hmm. Like, uh, like I don't know. I enjoyed myself. I I didn't feel like I had missed out terribly though. Like it, maybe if I had seen it as a teenager, I'd have enjoyed it more in the retrospect. Um, okay, okay. I, I read that, that uh, Roger Ebert thought Knowing, starring Nicolas Cage, was one of the best movies of the year, and that seemed so insane because everybody hated that movie so much. So I watched it, and I really enjoyed it. It's nuts. I don't know if it's good, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I saw American Psycho, which I enjoyed as well. but uh, Oh, my. Can't into many people It's hip to uh, be square. So, so I, I blast through those pretty quick, because I want to talk about this one. This is the one I want to talk about, of old movies that I had never seen before. And then we can start doing some... Be- but I sat down, and I watched John Carpenter's They Live. Yes! I am obsessed with this movie.
1: Oh! Like, so you you got bubble gum and Asta kick. Wonderful.
0: It's... it's incredible, man. It is... So campy and in such a self-knowing way, but it is so creative, and you know, like it's filled with actors that aren't great, and it works to the movie's benefit. Like who, who's the main character? Is uh, is Roddy like,
1: Roddy Piper the Yeah, WF yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He ain't and, winning no Oscars for this performance, and that's what <laughs> makes it so great. It's so <laughs> flat, but it serves his character so well. He's this he's this homeless guy, trying to make ends meet. Well, the the system keeps him down, and it's 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 all a great work of satire. Uh, it is got a lot of insightful commentary in it, and it's also just entertaining as all get out. Really, there, there's a, I, you've heard of the fight scene in this? Like, oh, I have the ult.
1: I'm looking at the Ultimate Fights DVD compilation that I bought from Best Buy in two thousand and two, oh, and that fight is on there. Put the damn glasses on. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah.
0: That fight scene is so low-key, right? Okay, there's a fight scene in the middle of this movie between two of the main characters, who are friends, but one of them, kind of friends, like, one of them, basically the premise of the movie is you put the sunglasses on and you can see the world is controlled by aliens trying to keep everybody down through capitalism. Take that for what you will. (laughs) But, he wants to show his friend, and his friend is freaked out by this guy and doesn't want to put the glasses on, so they have a fight about getting him to put the glasses on that you think it's over like 12 times. I'm not exaggerating. It's like 12 times you think this fight is ended. But then one of them will stand up and kick the other one in the nuts. And then it'll go back to fighting again. And it's so low-key, low-stakes, intense bare-knuckle brawling between two friends who are mad at each other. And it is one of the best 10 minutes I have ever seen in a movie. Amazing! I love this movie. I love oh, this movie. Good. It's incredible. I, I'll I have to watch this movie Sheesh. Yeah, it's it's. I of of all the Chef's movies <laughs> I have seen since we last got together, I think that one has made the most impression on me. And I've seen a lot of movies, and I and I've enjoyed many of them, but that one, for whatever reason, has just stuck with me. It, it is the it is a, the beginning of a love affair.
1: Well, I love to hear that. Well, that's fantastic, yeah. man. Look at that. Jeez, you just you 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 found a new cult classic favorite. It sounds like. Oh yeah.
0: And John Carpenter. I mean, he's done so many great things, and I, he's done some really bad things too. And I guess I always assumed this was under the bad things camp. Well, I thought
1: like, you were gonna say the thing when you first mentioned John Carpenter. No, I was like,
0: he's seen that. The thing. The well, the thing is the best of all. I mean, the, the thing is one of the best. Uh, that's that's like a top ten for me, easy. Mm-hmm. Easy. Yeah. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you enjoyed They Live, man. That sounds awesome. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, all
1: right, tell me your next one. Oh, my next one. Uh, well, I, I missed pretty much all of my October Halloween watching, which I had planned to crush through uh, Mr. Peterson's uh, Halloween 101. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. instead, I caught up on uh, two wrecks from him, and I think one was from you, but I'll start with Nope.
0: Nope. Okay, uh, what would you think? I saw this in theaters. I
1: really liked it.
0: I need to see it again. Let's just think, go spoilers out of the gate. If you don't, yeah. don't want to hear spoilers, skip ahead oh, a couple And minutes. I can
1: at least do a little lead-in, too, which is just, yeah. I mean, the thing that Jordan Peele does so incredibly well is craft mystery. And I think mm-hmm. from the opening sequence where there's clearly a sitcom set and a monkey just kind of wandering around who's all bloodied, you're like, what the hell is going on? And what does this have to do with anything I would have seen in the trailer? And then you have no idea because it cuts to present day. Um, mm mm-hmm. And it's all about, like, this brother and sister team that, you know, effectively train horses for Hollywood. And now we're going to get into spoiled territory right away. Because, dude, Mm -hmm. like, I've never seen a freaking UFO eat people.
0: Okay, so (laughs) here's the thing. I love abduction stories. I love them. They're so scary. And there are so few movies that make them as scary as they should be. Mm. And I think I was a little disappointed with Note because it's not really an abduction story. It's it's closer to Jaws than it is Signs yeah, or X-Files. That's fair.
1: That's because, very fair. Because, spoiler,
0: mm-hmm. there are no little green men. The UFO is an animal. And I think that is so brilliant.
1: And so different. And so yeah.
0: different. And that's why I need to see it again. Because now that my expectations have been shifted, I think I'll enjoy it a hell of a lot more.
1: Yeah, I think the... I think there were some things that I I wished were a bit better like I would say the the gorilla you know attacking thing kind of served the theme that he was going for with unpredictability with animals mm-hmm. but it felt like it also also kind of went nowhere um I get it I think with I Glenn from Walking Dead that. like that whole thing was just like woof
0: I've heard that criticism but I guess that that part worked for me. Like I okay. like the the parallel of it.
1: The fa- like when all those I got to say man like when all those people got swallowed up and they're all like the one girl's like throwing up when the in the UFO and then it's like over the house and then the mm-hmm. effectively like the UFO chomps. <laughs> yeah. And just like the blood rain. Oh my gosh. Oh, how it's great. <laughs> it's great.
0: I mean that's oh. the thing. So my disappointment with the movie is 100% a me problem. Mm. I really do believe that. Um. Okay. Um,
1: I I think. I think Otis was not quite. The character that I would have put my shoes in. Like he was interesting. But also like there wasn't there wasn't much to him. You don't get much backstory. You don't get much mm-hmm. resolve. He just works. You know, and there were like many times where they could have literally said nope and just not gone forward, <laughs> much like in the other movie I'm about to talk about where they do say nope and then they go forward anyway. Oh, we're going to talk about
0: that in a second. Oh sure. yeah.
1: Um, but I think the cinematography I thought was really basic and easy and just done so well. A couple so of pushes, a couple of pans, a couple of dolly ups. So mostly like stationary in the tripod. Hitchcockian as it should be,
0: and that's the thing with with Peel is he's he's kind of got that aesthetic that I feel like early Shyamalan had, where the slow, except I don't mean that as an insult because, but it, it, it's slow, it's methodical, and yet very competent, very confident mm-hmm. filmmaking that just works really
1: well. Absolutely, and I think the thing that I come back to is that anyone could have written this script. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone could have shot it the way that it was shot. But what I really, I guess what I really appreciate more than ever, man, is like the originality of it. Like Mm -hmm. we've seen abduction stories, we've seen Jaws, but nobody has ever been like, well, what if the UFO is something different? What if the identified flying object really is actually like an animal or something that eats people or like isn't actually a spaceship? Like that there, it just goes to show that I think there are more ideas out there. And I think that you know, Peel's in this position where he can effectively do anything. He's got a trilogy yeah. of success right now. A um,
0: brilliant success.
1: A brilliant success. I mean, I think Get Out, Nope, and then Us is the order for me. Like it's it's those three in that order because Get Out is just you can I mean, good God.
0: So you can't I top know. That one. I know the logical flaws in in Us, but I yeah. really <laughs> like Us. I really like Us.
1: I like elements of us, I think, but yeah, there there are things in that that just kind of it yeah, that just stretches me. Yeah, it stretches a lot, but I, maybe I need to give that one another shot. And the way the thing is, is they're, they're
0: Twilight Zone episodes, and mm-hmm. and they're damn good ones.
1: Have you seen his Twilight Zone? I've episodes? I've not. Okay. I haven't either.
0: Yeah, huh. I've heard mixed things.
1: Yeah, I've I've also heard. I mean. Mostly because it was the, way, the first thing out of the gate from Paramount Streaming, yeah. so that was like yeah. But maybe
0: okay. a shot, I don't know. So jumping off of Nope, nope I have read the around the same time as Nope came out. Watched Fire in the Sky for the first time. I don't know that this one. one. Okay, this is a UFO story from the '70s, but the movie is from I think the early '90s. And so, let's see, 1993. Okay, so this movie. Uh, It's it's an abduction story. A a group of men are out cutting wood down in the forest and then they're driving home and they see a bunch of lights in the sky, fire in the sky, and one of them goes out to inspect it and disappears. The rest of them drive back to town and they tell the story and most of the movie is the cops kind of investigating it and can we trust these people? Are they telling the truth? Are they lying? It's based on a true story. Uh, Spoiler alert on the true story. They were lying. (laughs) Anyways, withholding your your, suspending your disbelief. Let's presume they're not and they'll enjoy the movie. So, most of the movie is really damn boring.
1: It's not well acted.
0: It's not. it's, It's like TV movie filmmaking. It's nothing special. And then at the end, the abducted guy shows up again. And we backflash to his abduction experience. And it's about 20 minutes of the Best, most horrifyingly grotesque abduction ever put to film. It's effing brilliant. I cannot recommend the last 20 minutes of that movie more. You have to suffer through like an hour and a half of garbage. Not garbage, just mediocrity. Mediocrity. (laughs) But then you get to the end and it's like, holy crap, this is scary as hell. I mean, these aliens are terrifying. And the ship is... Grotesque, and it's it's an incredible twenty minute sequence. It's an incredible twenty minute sequence. Don't be eating while you watch it. Wow. <laughs> I it, I've never actually had a movie change so starkly between this is dumb and this is amazing. Wow.
1: And overall, I
0: still don't think the movie works, but the last twenty minutes are worth the price of admission. How
1: did you even hear about this one?
0: M- I, my uncle recommended it to me like. A decade and a half ago, when I said I find UFO stories scary, I should note, I don't believe UFOs are thing. I, I believe there are unidentified things in the air. I don't think any of them are aliens. But the stories of them being aliens, I find very scary. And I enjoy that idea. Wow. And so this has been on my to-do list forever. And I figured my wife was driving to Washington, D.C. And I had the house to myself. So I can watch some scary movies that she would never watch with me.
1: Yes, that's that's what I was waiting for <laughs> this year, mm-hmm. and it hasn't happened yet. Um, although, the, although this particular movie, I did start uh, late last night, which was which is always a mistake because I scare easily. Um, but I have been learning well, um, and really, my horror education has uh, you know risen me to the to. I would probably be open to seeing some stuff in theaters now and spending money on it. Um, mm-hmm. But if you had come to me. A year ago and said, hey, you watch The Whitest Kid I You Know, right? I sure movie. do. Do you remember the sketch with the PCP gallon? I sure do. It's gallon. their most famous one. <laughs> got a gallon. Well, what if I told you that guy who's got the gallon of PCP is about to make probably the, the best horror film of 2022? I'd be like, well, comedy and horror aren't too far from each other, so I guess it wouldn't surprise me too much. And then uh, I saw Barbarian. That Zach, the gallon of PCB drinker. I still drinker. can't
0: believe how you... I can't believe you sat down to watch Barbarian.
1: Yeah, well, Kyle, he's like, you have got to watch this. He, nope, was the he's other one. He's a good man. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I would not have gone out of my way to see this in the theaters. Um, but I had seen uh, the trailer... And then I had seen the other trailer that they just made where it's like Justin Long in the car and then it goes back to the house thing. And it made no sense to me, so it didn't give anything away at all. Okay, um,
0: so I saw this in theaters and I only saw the one trailer where there's one shot of Justin Long in the tunnels. and that, So I knew he was down there. Okay, again, Spoiler. Please, please if you haven't seen Barbarian, If there's any chance you're going to see Barbarian, please don't listen to anything we're about to say. Yeah. Because this is a treat and I have to watch blind.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I mean, that this, said. That said.
0: <laughs> I knew Justin Long was in it from one shot in the original trailer. I skipped the second trailer and that cutaway you, take it away. You, you
1: yeah, I mean, effectively this girl is staying at an Airbnb and there's another guy who happens to be, you know, the clown from It staying there as well. Yep, and so you know, immediately you're, you're like, hate okay, He's I've evil. seen this already. You know, I've seen this before. Uh, but you're like, oh, I guess, you know, it's not. it might be torture porn, it might not be, but it doesn't give me the hostile vibe. But I'll just sit and watch and um, happens to be a, a, a weird dude and uh, strange things are happening in this Airbnb. And she, you know, within the first, like, I want to say 25 to 40 minutes. Uh, they discover this cellar, and then they discover a cellar within the cellar. And uh, this crazy seven foot woman monster thing kills the guy who you think is going to kill the main girl. And then you they think cut. Who the bad guy? Who you think is the yeah. bad guy? Who you think is the bad guy? And then you cut to the highway, and Justin Long is driving a red sports car. And you're like, wait, did what? the movie switch?
0: What happened? What's
1: going on? And he's singing like so this put the wrong super Yeah, this super cheerful song. And I'll pause just to say I was reading Reddit's R Movies uh, discussion about this movie, and somebody uh-huh. said that they were watching this film, and right before Bill Skarsgård gets killed, somebody went up to go to the bathroom, and they came back in, and L- Justin Long was like driving the car. The guy like stopped and like looked around the theater. and was like, What the hell's going on? <laughs> that, I mean, that was everybody's reaction anyway, but like.
0: It's such. Look, I... this movie, honestly. To horror is what I think everything, everywhere, all at once is to sci-fi. That's it very fair, yeah. Throwing everything at the wall, things that should not work are working like gangbusters. That Every studio in the world should say, are you sure you want to go that direction? Is that a smart thing to do? Mm-hmm. But they do it, and so, like, I assume Justin Long was kidnapped down in the cellar somewhere, and she, he was going to help the main character get out. Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, so, like, one of the things I love is, and I need to see it again, Skarsgård's character is painted as such a skeevy guy, but in retrospect, he was extremely generous and noble and kind. Like, do you remember the wine scene? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a scene where it's clear he likes the girl, and he wants to talk to her. And he waits for her to do whatever she's doing, and he's got a bottle of wine, and he's explaining how he didn't open the wine because she thought he thought that she would want to see him open the wine, so that he knew that he wasn't doing anything. Because he already made wine. her a cup
1: of tea, and she didn't even touch it, and, uh... and he
0: didn't. And it's like, in in the moment, it seems creepy that he's having this conversation. But in retrospect, you're realizing he likes the girl, but also wants her to feel comfortable. <laughs> and then it cuts to Justin Long. So Skarsgård is you know in, imprinted into our brains as being untrustworthy because of it. And Justin Long is the everyman in every movie who's always likable, and he's the biggest <laughs> douchebag on the mm-hmm. face of the earth.
1: Yep. It it's doesn't so start that way, but it gradually like becomes that thing where it's a very... it becomes a very modern horror film, and um, you find out how he's tied to the house that the Airbnb is, and it's because the, like, he was just an actor making, trying to make some passive income choices by like buying this house in one of those um, terrible properties in Detroit where like the whole neighborhood just went. He so could buy a house for like a dollar, and then you got it fixed up and turned into an Airbnb. The only house in the whole neighborhood that's an Airbnb, by the way, which happens uh-huh. to have like a cellar within a cellar within a cellar within a cellar full of traps, and uh, a crazy seven-foot monster lady, and also a serial killer who is mm-hmm. like on his deathbed, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, gosh, man, like it's the the scene with like just trying to like feed them with like her hair going across like the nipple part of the bottle. I'm like, Whoa! like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm.
0: It was uh well, incredibly it just, creepy. It's a movie that subverts your expectations over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's it, and that's the thing. It's, I would like, say delicious if it wasn't so revolting. I
1: had started watching an interview with uh, the the director and they're asking where like the idea started and I mean, it was, it sounded like it was super organic where he was writing this movie about the guy he, Bill Skarsgård was supposed to be the bad guy. He's like, and we get down to the cellar and he's like realizing that as he's writing, he goes, oh my gosh, I hate this. I know what's going to happen, which means the audience is going to know what happens. And so he just says, forget it. A seven foot woman attacks him and kills him. (laughs) He just wrote it in there and he's like, okay, that's different. And then he just kept running with that. Let's keep going different route. Let's keep choosing like column J. Instead of A or B. Oh,
0: I love that. Yeah, and it, it more you, directors need to do that.
1: Well, they need to be trusted to do that. And what I found—that's
0: the issue. That's the issue right there.
1: But here's the thing too: you can really only kind of do that in horror. In the sense that this movie's budget was 4.5 million dollars, incredibly low. Nothing. Which is yeah, nothing. Which by the way, they get some shots in this film where like when she runs her with the car and just drives straight through the house. I was like, oh okay, that that had to have cost something. Um, But when you think about it, there really weren't that many sets at all, Hmm. Um, and it was an incredibly tiny cast. Even the director played one person in it, um, probably just to cut the cost. He was the the lawyer on the phone.
0: Oh, the one who kept telling him to gotcha, calm down, gotcha, 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 yeah,
1: gotcha. um, and so, like there was almost nobody in this film cast was kept very short, uh it sounds like if they actually did shoot it in Detroit they shot they must, it must have been very cheap to shoot where they shot it, um, just sure. wow, just yeah, if you like horror in any sense of the word, I will say, uh you know the 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 head splitting stuff always lives with you forever, uh, which is always hard for me. <laughs> Because well, that's why I hate Bone Tomahawk so much. But this movie did that with, you know, his face. And it was like, oh gosh. But And then it just...
0: I will state as somebody who watches a decent amount of horror that I don't remember that occurring. At the end, when she punctures
1: his eyes and then breaks, rips his skull open. Oh, yeah. And his brains fall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the movie just kind of... I mean, it also just kind of ends like wicked quick. But the script also just ends wicked quick because I got a copy of the script today, and there are some parts that are very different. For example, this there, and I mean, we're spoiling the whole thing. Like, yeah. uh, Justin Long gives this speech about wanting to be the good guy, and you want to, and you believe mm-hmm. him that he's doing something mm-hmm. good. And then he throws the main girl off a water tower because he wants to survive himself. And this crazy monster thing, like, saves the girl before she hits the pavement. And then he like, it's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I did that." But like, I'm glad I did it because it killed her. And, and you weren't even helping me anyway. Like, he turned it on her so fast, like it was mm-hmm. excellent. But that part was not in the script. The part that was in the script is they get to the top of the water tower, the cr- the crazy thing sees that she's he's trying to kill her, grabs him, chokes him, and makes his head explode, like pops oh, him. Oh, the
0: movie ending's so much better.
1: I think so too. I think so too because it doesn't have the speech where he's like blaming her again, and you realize you can't. <sighs> I'm going to pause here. The thing that I liked about this movie is that once again it's a reminder that everything comes back to theme and how you explore that theme. Yes. Especially with horror The big deal is that the characters go the wrong way. And it can be frustrating when you're watching the camp counselors and like, well, we should all split apart. And that could be, you know, and Cabin in the Woods subverted that trope very well. But I think with this movie, you keep getting this guy who has chances to redeem himself and then makes Mm -hmm. this point to really want to redeem himself and then completely goes the other way. Thus, he deserves his death. And I think that was
0: explored so well. And, and that's, going back to what I was saying about Skarsgård character, where he seems so creepy, and then in retrospect, he's really behaving in a noble way. Um, the, it, it's like the movie plays with your filmmaking exper- expectations. The movie paints a character as creepy, so you believe he's creepy. You don't analyze his behavior. The movie paints Justin Long, for much of the movie, as a good guy, as a decent guy who's been treated unfairly. But then you start... He starts saying things where you just keep going that yep. reality. Mm-hmm. It's and it, it breaks down. So it's like the movie is showing one character in a negative light, and one character in a positive light, and those things cross over each other, and their actions speak for. It's just I, I think it's a really wonderful. It explores yeah. the theme interesting in an interesting way through the filmmaking itself.
1: <laughs> I have to show you. One of the posters that is unofficial, um, okay. but they made, that, that somebody made, and it makes you think that the movie is a romantic comedy. Um, I'm just going to send it <laughs> to you in this chat, in chat. here. Yeah. Um, but I will say, too, the official poster of, like, the house and then these, mat, like, the massive tunnel that leads all the way down to the word barbarian. Ah, I got rid of blocks. Excellent. Oh, okay. Um, and I can't share my screen. I will send you that. we will get this worked out. I
0: can, I can give that to you, um, maybe. Now you can.
1: Okay. So, yeah, uh, quick summary. Barbarian, uh, once again, this is a uh, new writer. I mean, he did, like, I think he co-wrote and directed Miss March, which was the whitest kid you know comedy film. Um, nice. But sure. this is a guy who I think is, uh, who's got a chance to have a extremely long career ahead of, uh, ahead of him. Just, wow. All right, I'll send it to you on Facebook Messenger. There you go. Okay. Um So yeah, Barbarian, if you are a horror person or a thriller (laughs) person, person. can't recommend it enough. (laughs) So
0: so let's see. So I saw that at a conference with buddies and just had the best time. But uh, I went to 3,000 Years of Longing with the wife. How was that? It is inconsistent. And I really liked it. (laughs) It, It is inconsistent. Uh, I don't know that it builds to the place that I, it doesn't seem to come together the way I want it to. Um, the stories are fascinating cause you know, it's woman gets a genie, the genie tells her stories, um, kind of an exploration of love and longing and 3000 years of it. Um, and I really liked a lot of it. I, no I really liked all of it. I just don't know that it came together. Okay. Um, that's fair. The very first story was one of the most visually imaginative things I've ever seen. Uh, it's kind of going back to to three thousand years ago. it's like the Sheba and then the world's more magical place and the creatures are magical and, and and it's stunning. and I wanted more of that. And the following stories are good but don't hit anywhere near the highs of that first one. Um, yeah. Gosh. I don't know if that was a rousing endorsement, but I like George Miller, so.
1: Well, I mean, when we had done Mad Max Fury Road last season, yeah. and we were really excited for this one, so, um, which by the way, they just, I believe they just wrapped filming on the original Furiosa? One. Yep, Furiosa. Yeah. yep.
0: I don't know how I feel about that. That seems like a strange choice, but I'm going to be in there opening night.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Um, So after Nope, which this is about three o'clock in the morning, ocean time, I suppose, I was like, okay, that uh, was a bit terrifying. I need to cleanse the palate a little bit. So I put on Thor 4. Love and thunder. Mm. That's what it is. Love and thunder. And, um, we had different experiences. We did have different experiences of this one, mostly probably because I was tired as hell and up for 25 hours straight at that point. But, um, When I would go to the comic book store, I didn't buy every single comic. I had a couple of ones that I would like to get, even now. I still shop for Lady Mechanica, Over the Garden Wall, uh, regular show, things like that. Um, And I try something new every once in a while, but, but I don't buy every single comic in the comic book store. And as Marvel's library continues to increase, and I saw this one, which everybody knows how much I love Thor 1 and how high that is on my Marvel ranking... Uh, mm-hmm. And it's Ragnarok is much higher, and this I think anything that wasn't Ragnarok was both going to of us really me.
0: like. Yeah, both yeah. of us like Thor more than most people do.
1: Yeah, but this even before for... the
0: Ragnarok reinvention.
1: Exactly, because I just love Ken, Kenneth Branagh. But um, yeah. this was one of the this was the movie that gave me that analogy where I'm just like I don't have to buy every comic in the comic book store anymore, and I was like I'm not mm-hmm. gonna I'm not gonna catch up on every Marvel show. I'm not gonna cause I'll look at the cover. Like you can say whatever you want about She-Hulk it's just not inter- it's just not interesting to me so I probably won't I, catch I'm it. I'm going to do
0: it. I'm looking forward to it but I well, it. Go. To... No I haven't looked forward to it enough to do it yet yeah. so
1: Yeah but I'm just saying like I I think because of my experience with Thor 4 where I wished it was so much more than it was I'm like I don't have to buy every comic in the comic book store unless I'm ranting about it in which case I will but um yeah I, overall I I didn't I I feel like they're just str- trying to find any person Thor's ever met in his life and kill them Um, and, uh, I feel like there was a bit of an agenda push after a while, but there were elements that I I really liked, um, especially like the kids stuff towards the end when they were all like having power, like that was really neat. I thought that was a lot of fun and will certainly bring about a whole new troop of audience to come see this movie. I felt like the guardians were completely wasted in the beginning of the movie, um, it was kind of like they were there just to get them out of the way. I felt that way. I'm probably not correct because I was so tired when I saw this. Um, but no, I, I mean
0: they weren't in it much, but they weren't in it as much as I expected them to be in it.
1: Okay. Um, so overall, it just I, I didn't enjoy it as much as I hoped I would. But that's because you it comes off it comes on the shoulders of a giant, you know, like Ragnarok, a literal is, frost giant.
0: Ragnarok is a dramatically better movie. Yeah. That said, I really enjoyed Love and Thunder. Good. I mean, part. It is a. It is not a serious movie. It just isn't a serious movie, and and that really worked for me. Okay. I get. I totally get it not working for other people. Maybe. Maybe it's because I've been so disappointed with this round of Marvel films mm. that I enjoyed watching a movie that didn't take itself too seriously and was just having fun. But also, I don't know. Like I. I and I like a lot of them. Shang Chi is fun, but yes. I com- I've completely forgotten it. Um, Multiverse of Madness, I enjoyed, but I've completely forgotten it. In fact, Shang Chi, Multiverse of Madness, Black Widow. What else have we gotten?
1: Eternals, man.
0: And Eternal. Eternals was terrible. Yes, but it the <laughs> other three, those other three are uh, fall almost exactly where I'd put Thor two as much while I'm watching it, I'm enjoying it, and I remember not a single thing that happened in any of them. There you go. Whereas uh, Love and Thunder was colorful, I got to enjoy Chris Hemsworth doing his comedy chops, and I always enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought visually there's a lot of fun stuff. On, I, I really enjoyed that black and white planetoid. I thought that was gorgeous to look at. Yes,
1: I completely agree. Yes. Um,
0: I had fun with it. I'm going to go see Wakanda Forever tomorrow. I, I will good. see it on Friday, yeah. Yep, I'm gonna see that tomorrow.
1: So we'll talk about that one, I'm sure. <laughs> and I'm
0: I'm halfway through Miss Marvel, which has been fun with the kids. It's a I really enjoy the style of it, but the story wise, it doesn't kept me coming back because clearly it's been out for three months and I'm only halfway through it.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh... So jumping off of comic books, mm-hmm. I saw two weeks ago Black Adam. Um, And it's a bad movie. Had a great time. Oh, hell! (laughs) It's a bad movie, and I had a great time. I really did. Oh, I was so thrilled. Um, There's no character development in the main character. Uh, Dwayne Johnson spends the entire movie trying so hard to look cool that he stops looking cool. Um, Oh, man. The movie has just some of the most ridiculous trite moments towards the end with the people rise up to fight the skeletons that show up just so the people can rise up and fight something.
1: Oh my
0: god! Um, let's see.
1: Was it a long mess or a short mess?
0: Well, it... it had a couple false endings which made it feel longer. Um, the, the There was no break in the music. It was intense, really cool music for about two hours straight which got exhausting. Um, And I, I, like I said, I really had a great time and I'm not saying I I liked disliked. I'm not saying I liked it in an ironic way. I genuinely liked it. My buddy who went with me said, this is the very best five out of 10 I've ever seen. I think that (laughs) describes it perfectly. (laughs) This is the best five out of 10 I've ever seen.
1: Oh my
0: Um, gosh. Pierce Brosnan's Dr. Fate was great. And you know, I, I went for one reason I was rewarded for that reason. I'm sure everybody knows what that reason is. I got to see Henry Cavill in the blue and red again, and I was happy.
1: Oh, does that happen?
0: Now that the post credit scene, Henry Cavill shows up.
1: I was going to bring that up for Thor 4, the post credit sequence with... Uh... Uh, uh, Russell Crowe being Hercules, and then Hercules being the guy from freaking Ted, um, yeah. Ted Lasso. Oh, that got me all excited. They got me so, all pumped up.
0: We got to take a little bit of a side tangent because we're coming right off of James Gunn being hired as the Kevin. Yes, of my DC. goodness, what
1: a mind-blowing thing! Yes, that was so cool to see happen.
0: And right out of the gate, we know that Superman is in the carts, and to me, that's so so exciting.
1: It is. Yeah, I think um, Gunn has. I, he hasn't had a misfire in quite a while. Um, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the Suicide Squad. I really enjoyed Peacemaker a I lot. Love Peacemaker. In fact, I think I need to Peacemaker. re-watch it because I enjoyed it so damn much. When uh, I get
0: depressed, I watch that opening scene, the the title sequence. What's
1: going on? must come down. Oh my gosh, he just he is so good at writing misfits, and it makes me so angry. But like I, I, have channeled him quite a bit in the thing that I'm working on right now, um, and I, I'm really trying to study just how. If you look at, if you just look at the Suicide Squad for a second, every character in that movie is unique in the way mm-hmm. that they act, behave, speak. Um, and it's, that's work. That's insanely yeah. tough, and he makes it look so easy. In a lot
0: of ways, he's Joss Whedon without being so annoyingly Joss Whedon. I get it. Right, you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, Firefly, they're all
1: different. You know, I mean, is no, well, no, no. That's what
0: I'm saying. But but oh. Josh Whedon, if you look at his past work, they all they're all there's an anger to Josh Whedon's work that makes them kind of uh, in retrospect, especially with what you know about it. But my point is with James Gunn is he's doing what Josh Whedon is doing with characters, but never losing sight of the fun. Yes. And and the thing is is we've talked a lot about this. He's a weird filmmaker, and I'm so excited for him to let DC be weird.
1: It is it is That's good to see like it is good to see somebody once again like we talked about with the other directors with people who have such an original voice. I think Gunn's voice is awfully original. This is a guy who consumed C and B movies most of his life yeah. and is friends with Tr- I'm gonna get his name wrong Trem something, those awful toxic mm. crusader movies. Oh, oh like sure sure. Those types of movies, like that's that's where he that's he came up in that kind of stuff. In the same kind of way, like Edgar Wright, no not Edgar Wright, um, Peter Jackson came up in those, right? Crazy ass horror. That's films. That's a it's great like, way
0: to get your chops.
1: Exactly, it is. And I think um, what I was going back to what I was saying about those music videos of like the Daniels versus any other music video I see today, you can't even compare it. You can't mm-hmm. even compare like what their vision is if you look at literally anything any other video that comes out. Their vision is so unique, and yes. it's, it's comforting because people love to scream about originality is dead and can't Hollywood do new stuff. Hollywood is clearly doing a crap lot of new stuff. You just don't want to go to the theater, all right? There's, <laughs> I mean, for, for goodness sake, the trailer for The Whale came out today, and, and everyone I'm has spoiled that. the crap out of that movie. Because and if your review is, man, it was good, but man, it ends on such a downer. We all know how the movie ends, okay? Also, it's Darren Aronofsky. Oh, he I, never does I this. He never that. changes his ending.
0: Now but. I know how it ends. This is your <laughs> fault
1: now. I'm still gonna see it. I'm gonna too. It, it's the um, it's the it's the Brendan Apocalypse, the Brendan Fraser Apocalypse. And I'm so so <laughs> damn thrilled that he's back. And when he wins the Oscar for Best Actor, I will probably cry because <laughs> he's I'm just so still good, bummed. and he deserves it.
0: I think HBO is doing some absurd things. I'm guessing they probably had a reason to cancel Bad Girl, but I am so yeah. bummed that we can't see him as the villain.
1: I think Batgirl's review is probably the Black Adam review of this—the best five out of ten I've ever seen. I mean, there's a someone did a very nice job compiling every single behind the scene shot, that's every my single guess. Instagram video. Like, so I, th- my guess I think it wasn't w- good. <sighs> but I mean, Michael Keaton puts the Batman suit back on again. I don't know. It's just eighty million know. dollars, and somehow that's a tax write-off. We should do an episode about tax write-offs. No, we shouldn't. Uh, um, but
0: it's, <sighs> I would have watched that it. episode.
1: It's, it's Bad Girl seems like the kind of movie my wife would have loved. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I want to her see it. Taste, I was looking forward to it.
1: Uh, which, by the way, on the plane she saw Where the Crawdads Sing and, and uh, I think that's her favorite movie of the year. So I will have Ooh. to... I read the book. Mm-hmm. The book is um, exceptionally well written uh, and then com- completely the other way on the last page, which wasn't my favorite thing, but she loved hmm. it. So I will probably see the movie because it's got... Um, we watched uh, Under the Banner of Heaven and The Main Girl That Gets Killed its the same actress. That. So, I've I've uh, read the book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I still recommend it. Just again, there's that lens, but it's yep. it's still insanely good. Like Andrew Garfield is just a great oh, actor. He's, he's great. like he's like I like I had this love crush on Edward Norton all through the early 2000s and I'm just like nothing Edward Norton does is bad. Nothing at all. It's all well, Andrew about Garfield,
0: I've been doing interviews. He's he's the response against all method acting is terrible. Because he's he method acts Mm -hmm. But as he says, method acting doesn't mean you need to be an asshole to everybody around you.
1: Yeah. uh, I mentioned Tom Wilson's book about the masked writer, um, where he talks about back to the future and all of his experiences. And the first guy, Eric Stoltz, who played Marty McFly was Uh in, you know, he was actually punching him and actually bruising him, like through the sequences with him and Biff. It's like, you don't have to be that person. Um, there's that behind the scenes clip of hereditary where the most horrible thing happens ever in a movie ever. And it's so insanely sad what the mother comes across and as soon as they were done shooting that scene she was back to normal immediately she didn't right. live in it you know um, and that's acting my friend
0: that's acting well, well that was that was the Garfield quote is that if method acting is a way to help get you in the mood if you're being an asshole through it then you're not method acting you're just being an asshole
1: yeah <laughs> that's a really good point i like that and also like if it's a you it's a dream job to be paid to act in movies and how could you not there's be having that, fun every there's day? There's that Timothy
0: Oliphant quote on it about basically... I gotta look that up, because this is a great quote.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, my favorite story is uh, Tom Hanks on Saving Private Ryan, where he's in the middle of telling a joke, and the, Spielberg yells, Action! And he immediately goes to crying or dying or something, and the director yells, Cut! And he goes back to where he was in the joke.
1: Amazing. And like,
0: all the other actors are like, Give me a second, I gotta... I kinda, get, it come I down. yeah <laughs> uh,
1: and while you're looking that up saw dune again and and we don't deserve it good good gravy i can't wait for 2 next year holy crap so which one dune i saw dune again oh dune uh, yeah. we don't deserve yeah. it and uh, dune 2 we won't deserve that when it comes out next year either <laughs>
0: yep. yep so and there well, will, I, can't, and I, I do I have find this quote but it was essentially basically that i get paid to 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 play pretend, and I get paid a lot of money to play pretend, and anybody complaining should take a deep breath and go play pretend better.
1: <laughs> I like that.
0: I I'll find it, and we can, I'll send it to you in the show notes.
1: <laughs> Sounds good. Um, and I do have it. I do have it on authority that there is not a Dune Part Three. It is just two parts. So
0: well, we know the the first one, but the the, the hope was that he'd do Dune Messiah next.
1: Right, I just mean that there were, there's were. there been a lot of conversations about, is Dune going to be split into three movies? And I have it no, on no. authority, uh, it is just two. Good, so, good, good, good. Um, good, good, good. And the sci-fi series is being shot right now as well, and I think mm-hmm. there's some press Good cast. So, yep. Um, what else did I see? I saw White Lotus, and that was not great. I didn't care for it too much. I wasn't in the mood for a character study when I was watching it anyway. But... Um, and I, I don't like it when I don't like a whole bunch of awful people just being awful the whole time. You do awful. Being things. awful, doing yeah. awful. I, I I work I ugh, I see a lot of awfulness in the world. I don't need to watch I don't need to watch it for entertainment. So, not uh, going to recommend White Lotus. Um, and finally, I started the anime Spy x Family.
0: Uh, this is I heard good things about oh this. Oh
1: my gosh. I. I, uh, I it, the, the whole setup is that you have this man who is like the greatest damn spy in the world. He's a master of disguise. He's amazing at what he does. And he gets put on this mission where he has to effectively have a child and then have the child like get into this boarding school to get at this target. Well, the only way to get the. It, you know, he's, and he's a single guy. He does, he's not married, no kids. So he has to go to an orphanage to like adopt a kid and like trick this kid into doing all these things. The twist is the kid that he adopts is a telepath who can read his mind and knows that he's a spy, and knows that the games he's setting up are like, this is a spy thing. And she's only six years old, and it's hysterical. And then um, she passes this test, but in order to get into the boarding school, there's this final interview where you have to have both parents there, the mother and the father. So now he has to find a wife, and he finds a wife by the end of the second episode. Spoiler alert, she is a world-class assassin. So you have the greatest spy, a world-class assassin, and a telepath, all as a family, and it's a comedy, and it's amazing. And I'm only three episodes in, but great. I love it. Can't that recommend it enough. Great. So much fun. Very funny as well. Like there's, I haven't seen many animes where I burst out laughing, but it happened a number of times in the English dub. Um, the voice casting is like spot on. So I'd recommend that one as well.
0: Great. I dig it. Yeah. So I got a couple more. I, uh, I saw Touch of Evil. The uh, Orson Welles movie in theaters on a on a on a actual film stock, which is great.
1: Wow.
0: Um, yep. And then two nights ago, three nights ago, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, I watched *Weird*, the Allie Yankovic story.
1: Oh, wonderful!
0: Did you see it yet? Nope. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say anything else. We'll it's wait. It's uh, Mr. That's Murphy great. has had
1: a chance to catch it, and we'll uh, okay. bring him on.
0: Now I've seen a handful of shows, but there's one show that I gotta talk about. Mm-hmm. Have you watched Andor yet? I have not, dude. Andor, if it was if I was ranking the shows in my movies, would be in my top three. Wow! It's uh, it's the best thing. <sighs> I like Star Wars. I don't know if you know that. Uh... <laughs> I was so tired of Star Wars TV shows. Boba Fett was nigh unwatchable. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I dropped it, yeah.
0: Andor is... Chef's kiss? Absolutely, in every way, everything I've ever wanted out of a Star Wars show.
1: Oh, good. And
0: so much more. The acting is incredible. The dialogue is just... (laughs) Oh, you're like chewing on... Ah, uh, <laughs> I. Okay, so one of the problems with Disney Star Wars is they've spent so much time filling in the gaps, and this is where look, I, I love Han Solo, I love Solo, but I didn't need to know where he got the last name Solo. Or the um, dice, or the dice. I, I, like you filling in those. I love Solo. I love as as my ranking shows. I love Solo way more than most people, but. By doing that, by filling in and showing how, oh, the Mandalorian is hanging out and has the booster pack that that Luke found and that everybody's connected in some way and that that everybody keeps coming across artifacts of the Skywalker Saga, actually what it does is make the universe small. Because if you can walk out your backyard and find... Everybody can walk in the backyard and find something that Abraham Lincoln dropped. It means that there's not many people, right? If if everybody can go in their backyard and find something Luke Skywalker touched, that means that you, your universe is really small. And so Andor is a movie of small things, the little things, eating food, talking about how you're going to pay the bills. It's talking about the, the small fears that people, regular people have. And by doing that, by making it, about the boring little stuff it makes the the drama seem so much bigger and the universe seems so much wider and the empire so much scarier and so much more impossible to defeat this is the scariest the empire has ever been in star wars bar none
1: awesome it's, man it's it's well, shoot, we'll watch it because we we really really liked kenobi a lot in this house i was
0: pretty disappointed with kenobi that
1: is okay because my, my top two lines of the year, one of them came from Kenobi. Um, Which
0: one? I didn't dislike Kenobi. I wanted more from it.
1: Oh, just the last episode with uh, the, po- the post-fight conversation. With Anakin? He, yeah. Ugh, I, I can't even talk about it. Oh, my gosh.
0: I don't remember.
1: The stuff when he's like, Anakin's gone, and that whole yeah. speech. But it's the second half of that speech where, like, I was just a mess that was a he, great moment because he let him go, like he yeah. he let him off the hook, and that's what it was. Of just like I am not your failure, Obi One. I was like, oh my god, like I was such a yeah. mess. I just thought that that part was so incredibly good. And then of course, uh, is, I mean that's not my favorite part of the year. It's tied with the very last sentence in Severance. So no, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean for God's sake, like oh, this will be a Severance podcast next year. Well, uh, <laughs>
0: episode nine of Andor ends on it. it it's not a m- motivational. There, there's a buildup in episode nine, and the last line of episode nine sent goosebumps down my. It, it, it. These are people. It's a, this is a story of people being beat down until they have no choice but to fight back, even though they know they have no hope of success. Okay. And it's so good. It's,
1: I will watch that next. Then That's sounds I'm, I'm, great.
0: I'm going to hang up here and go watch episode 10, which came out today. That's oh, my plan. Right um, on, man. Right it's on. It's incredible. It's Tony Gilroy. I mean, has he ever written a bad line of dialogue? <laughs> no.
1: I didn't realize I mean, it was Tony Gilroy.
0: Tony Gilroy's the writer of Andor. He's the showrunner.
1: Oh, my gosh. I didn't even know that. That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. And it's 12 episodes this season. Every three episodes is a story arc. They get a director to do three episodes in an arc. So there, it's like you get... It, it's In a lot of ways, it's like four movies a season. Okay. And it's great. It's really great. And I can't wait for season two. And I want Tony Gilroy to just... If he wants to keep writing nothing but Star Wars, I will pay the man.
1: Michael Clayton, right? That's him?
0: Michael Clayton and the original three Born movies.
1: Oh, oh, yes, of course. yeah um, I remember seeing duplicity and not caring for it, but... Um... But he has, yeah. Him and his, I mean, his brother, freaking Nightcrawler. So, um, yeah. Uh huh. What else
0: has done? Let's see. Oh, the he wrote Rogue One. <laughs> he did the Great Wall. One. Yeah. yeah. He wrote Rogue One.
1: Yeah, no, I said he wrote. I was laughing at the yeah. fact that he wrote the Great Wall.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that's not a great endorsement. <laughs> well, no, either He way. wrote Michael Clayton and the first three Born movies. Oh, and he directed Born Legacy, which, you know. Four Legacy is not a bad movie. It's just hanging on the coattails of the three much better movies.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and Dolores was...
0: Claiborne. He wrote Dolores Claiborne. Oh, that's right. Yes.
1: Yeah. Sorry, Professor. I knew that. Uh, Cutting Edge, too. That's actually not a bad rom com at all.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's a great show. And I'm saddened that not as many people are watching it because it is dramatically better than The Mandalorian. And I enjoy The Mandalorian. But it's. Look, The Mandalorian, and especially Boba Fett, get really, really damn campy. Mm-hmm. And this movie is razor serious. Here's the, this, is, this is what I want to say about Andor. If this was not a Star Wars movie, everybody would be talking about it as being the most brilliant work of fiction currently on TV. I'm saying this is as well-written as Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. This is Whoa. This is incredible TV. It's incredible TV. It's People aren't watching it because it's Star Wars.
1: <laughs> well, that's about as good as a recommendation as we're going to get. I'll tell you that much. Sheesh. That's right. Excellent. Well, that's all that I have, man. Do you have anything else to wrap no. us up tonight?
0: No. You learned let me gush good. about Andor for a couple minutes. I'm happy.
1: <laughs> Very good. Well, cool. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, to our Thanksgiving special. Uh, we're going to be releasing episodes sporadically as life is very sporadic at the moment. But, yep. uh, you know, we'll get some interviews in here and there and do some more gushing and some more year-end wrap-up stuff and all that good stuff. But, yeah, thanks.
0: And uh, see you in the next one.